how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Core Progression Podcast. Hey everybody, it is July 7th and if you like emo, you like post-hardcore, you're going to like this one. So basically think of bands like... Like, if you like older Under Oath, older Bullet for My Valentine, older, like, Atreyu, that kind of stuff, this is going to be something you want to listen to, especially on more of the emo side of things. But, man, this podcast, let me tell you, this one, there is something in here when it comes to adding a song to a certain type of video on a certain type of site that I don't think really any band has done, but could you imagine if that were to happen? Well, you're going to want to listen to the podcast to see how that all plays out. But before we do that, I want to talk about, you know, the support we have for this podcast. So the Corporation Podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt, below the waist grooming, baby. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels and their performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. In that performance package, you get a couple of great items. Yeah, items. I should say that. I almost messed up on that. Items such as the Lawnmower 4.0 with skin safe technology and it is waterproof, and you got that 400K LED light. Ooh, so you get the closest shave, the best precision shave, and you don't have to worry about your boys getting hurt too badly down there because that skin-safe technology, it helps prevent those nicks down there, which you know are horrible. I have used this thing, and it's the best shave I've ever got down there in my entire life, and do I plan on keep using this Manscaped 4.0? lawnmower oh hell yeah i do there we go in that first package they also have the weed whacker which is your ear and nose hair trimmer so you're you know you're out with a girl and she's like oh my god i don't want to be with that guy look at his nose and his ears are so hairy yeah that'll help you prevent that they also have the crop reviver ball turn makes your bells feel all fresh and smooth they have the crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant which i stand by it has saved my legs through my workouts and through the constant i go through the mosh pits i sweat a lot i go nuts all the time i don't stop i would have a problem with chafing but two years ago when i started using the crop preserver no problems anymore, baby. So keep on using it. And that performance package also comes with a nice little carrying bag for all these things. It comes with shave mats. So when you're shaving, you know, you can wrap that stuff up and you don't have to get all over the floor. And it comes with a pair of boxer briefs as well to help support your boys down there. So Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. And you want to be a part of the Manscaped family like us? Manscaped has an exclusive offer for you through the Core Progression Podcast. It is 20% off, what? And free worldwide shipping, say what? When you use the code CPP at manscaped.com. The link for Manscaped website is in the description of the podcast. It is also in the top comment on the YouTube style for this podcast. Well, so you want to go and check that out. Remember, manscaped.com, code CPP at checkout. Join the Manscaped family and make sure you get the best care for your family jewels. We are also sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Music Festival happening out in Las Vegas on October 20th and 21st. Yes, we're turning memes into dream pancakes in the pit. It's going to be a blast. Our friend Will from Modern Day Escape and Mal Levy, they put together this festival after Will created a meme off the When We Were Young Festival. It's turning memes into dreams. Yeah, it's happening with many great bands out there, including bands that have been on the podcast, such as Modern Day Escape, Along Came a Spider, Saving Vice, Outlier, Palisades, and Varsity, plus many more like Dropout Kings, the original Skylight Drive uh, lineup. 
can't believe I forgot the word lineup. That'd have been pretty bad. Tiny moving parts. You're not going to want to miss out. Tickets are on scale. Scale? Tickets are on sale at whenwewerehungryfestival.com. Link trip to the podcast, so go get check that out and come join us in Las Vegas, October 20th and 21st of 2022 for When We Were Hungry. Yeah, pancakes in the pit. Come mosh with us, baby. All right, now time for a feature presentation. So thanks to an Instagram ad, I got to reach out to this band called Down Again after listening to their single, Saboteur, and... Let me tell you, this podcast is ridiculous when it comes to some of the live show stuff this band had to go through, you know, that all bands have to go through, that you're just going to have to deal with, and every band has gone through it, just kind of giving a little more insight on that. The song Saboteur, we dive deep in that, we dive deep into what created their sound, why they made the sound they do, and putting a certain song on a certain website behind a certain video that a lot of people would watch for suggestive reasons. Would that be a good move? Would that get the song popular? Would that get the band popular? We talk about it. We float the idea around there. Are you guys ready for this one with Down Again? You better be. Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. You know I found some absolute gems in the past while just scrolling through Instagram and having ads pop up and be like, hey, this band has this song out, go check it out. This one came up on my feed one day. The song is called Saboteur by the band Down Again. I listened to it just on the end. I was like, did I find another gem? Then went to listen to it, the whole entire thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, I found a gem. So I had to go and reach out to the band, and they are here today. So please, please give a warm welcome to Lenny and Lucas from the band Down Again to the Court Progression Podcast. So gentlemen, welcome to the Court Progression Podcast. Thanks, glad to be here, man. What's going on? What is going on, guys? Because right now, everything here is, well, not going to lie, it's been busy with, you know, trying to make sure, you know, keeping the podcast as best as possible doing it all as all these episodes but you know what it's what i love to do so i'm happy you guys are here what's going on on your end oh uh, just enjoying some uh california heat man it's been hot over here <laughs> i've just seen lucas go like dude yeah. 97 today but uh it feels like it's worse man oh my god 97 not that bad but it gets 114 where i live so yeah jesus we- christ <laughs> Both of us work outdoors, so whenever it gets hot, we're just living in it. <laughs> just like I'm this, I'm a creature of just sweat and just whatever else comes out of me right now. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's my adult, like just getting, becoming an adult, but like I used to, as a kid, I just sweat like all the normal places. Now as an adult, it's like just stomach sweat. It's like the, <laughs> the worst place to sweat from ever. Yeah, because it's like, did you spill something on yourself or what the heck is going on? Because you just have this big splotch like right here. It's like, <laughs> So bad. What you get to do is like after when you're working, you have to get t-shirts. You just have giant circles right here. So as you start sweating, it's like, what, what's going on? I need to contain within this circle. If it gets past this circle, I know we need to take a break for a little bit. I'm gonna, we're going to yeah. bring back fishnets and just wear only fishnet shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's like what the dream from like 1996. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. <laughs> I feel I feel like you guys might end up doing that with like your very like a like a music video on your own. Just like you know what, we're just gonna have you know the fishnet mesh shirts on. We're just gonna rock out. We're just gonna go absolutely nuts. Who the hell knows? Maybe you guys do that on stage. Just come out like just full on like mesh shirts. What the fuck is up, everybody? And uh, then we're yeah. just like, <gasps> whoa. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm honestly down, man. That sounds good to me. Shows get hot, man. I can't be wearing no leather jackets. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, especially, I mean, where, where you guys are from, where it can get pretty hot pretty quickly at the same time as well. I mean, especially right now, I've been seeing bands that have been playing, you know, in California and Arizona around the south southwestern part of the United States at like in June. And it's just like, you know, pray for us. We might die in this heat. Pray for us. You know, this show might be our last because we might melt on stage. So how do you guys deal with it? Because, I mean, I live much, much further north than you guys. So I'm used to like summertime, you know, venues like, OK, you might have that like uh, like a hot week or so where all of a sudden the venue is just really, really, you know, hot and humid. that has no AC. But I'm used to the ones where you're like you're going to shows and all of a sudden it's like you have to go either leave the jack in the car and freeze on the walk in or pay like the five, six bucks for coat check. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Venues here, man, certain venues, you have to decide that you want to see the band. Like, like this, the pit, the sweatiness in the pit is barbaric, man. It's just barbaric on some of these venues. Now you're, I mean, you're kind of speaking my language right there because every time I had a show and I see a pit, I'm like a kid on Christmas. I'm just like, oh, yay! Yeah, can't stop myself. <laughs> it's impossible, man. It's it's infectious. I mean, I would say I'm addicted, but I don't want to say it because that just makes it sound bad. <laughs> yeah, like it's something you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, nah, nah, man. It's something I definitely should be doing. There's no, for me, that's just a this, the feeling of just pure joy and happiness of all of a sudden it's all of a sudden you know the energy is picking picking up during a band set you get the faster pace on some of the heavier songs you get the songs that have those heavier unclean vocals just all that energy behind them and you can't stand still you just physically can't it's you have to do something and for me it's you know i'm gonna throw my shoulder into people i'm gonna push some people around and if you know someone gets knocked down it's like whoa get them back up let's go again oh yeah the pit is the only place i go lenny Oh, I was just going to say the last show I went to was the, uh, well, it wasn't the last show I went to, but the last pit that I was in that was like really gnarly was uh, the Polaris like Moths to Flames co-headliner. And I got obliterated in the Polaris pit, man. Like multiple times was just getting bodied. It was, it was, it was a rough pit. Boom. I remember that show, man, because I saw that down in, uh, well, being from, I saw it in Chicago, and it was just like once, it was Alpha Wolf that actually had the one, the pit oh. that was going the craziest. All of a sudden, it was literally the first song. Within the first, like, minute, all of a sudden, you're seeing just the crowd split open, and I'm just sitting there just, like, on one edge. I'm just like, okay, we're doing this already. Yeah. This is going to be a fun show. I hope I don't get hurt again. Yeah, I... I landed on my knee, on my hip, on, you know, just my whole body was hurting after that show, I'll say. I hope that you thought it was worth it, though. I really hope so, because oh, it sounds yeah. like it was worth it. Definitely worth it. <laughs> Man, I mean, there's been a lot of shows this year so far, like, especially ones that I'm pretty sure you guys have seen, but I know I've seen a bunch as well, where all of a sudden it's just those, the energy is just absolutely insane. The pits are absolutely insane, and it's, I mean, we were without live music for, you know, over a year, sometimes for some people a year and a half, maybe some people even two years. And it's just like being able to get back into that space, being able to get back into that place where we can just enjoy the music, go absolutely apeshit and just lose our minds for the positive uh, aspects of it. It's It's been something that, you know, it's made 2022 a hell of a lot better than what 2020 oh, yeah. could have even aspired to be with all the shit that happened. For sure. Yeah. 
it's definitely cathartic. Like there's definitely a, a like therapeutic aspect to seeing live music, at least for me. Say, Lucas, what about yourself? Is there like some sort of therapeutic aspect when it comes to either seeing live music or playing live, you know, for yourself? Playing live is, is definitely different. Like I love seeing live music. I hate sweaty people though. So like this is love hate relationship I have with it. But no, the biggest part about seeing live music is like the inspiration level, like, like seeing a band actually play good, like seeing good, scream good, seeing the guitar players rip, like that's super inspiring to me to want to do it. And then every time we get on stage, it's my favorite place to be. So, um, and then so I, I try not, I try to focus on the band when I'm, when I'm at the venue, but sometimes we only have a little too many drinks and then I'm just in the pit. I tell myself, I'm not going in the pit. I hate sweaty people. And I have a few drinks. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> oh man. That's something I, I love here. Cause it's like, okay, if you, if you're going to be sober at a show and you see me there, you're probably not going to like it. Cause I'm going to be the sweaty guy in the pit. But after a couple of drinks, I'm pretty sure Luke's going to be looking, finding me. It's going to be like, it's go time. <laughs> Hell the, yeah. pit, the pit is the only place where I can get punched in the face and not be mad about it. I'm like, all right, understandable. Wrong <laughs> oh, totally under, totally understandable. Totally agreeable too. Cause I've taken a couple of hits to the face myself and it's somewhere it's like, I've taken those face. I'm thinking, you know what? Put myself in this position. He's expecting this. Plus the music still gives me, you know, that energy still gives me life. There's only been one time I've been hit in the face and I was not very happy about it. It was because, it was from a crowd killer who said that they hated crowd killing literally right before the set began. And oh then instead of like, it was a, instead of a punch face, it was a scratch on my eyeball. Oh, oh my God. Foul move. Yeah. Let's yeah. Um, I ended up getting that. Like had my, one of my friends, he was like works in the medical field. So we like left the pit. I'm like, dude, how was my eye? I'm like, is it bad? Is it like bleeding? What's going on? He's like, it's just like, there's a scratch on it. But um, as long as it's not hurting you, I don't think it's going to be bad. We went back in there, and the same person all of a sudden jumps in, crowd killing, punches me in the mouth. Oh, God. That's brutal. I had enough at that point. I'd be in the yeah. crowd like this looking for him. <laughs> oh, it was, it was basically, basically, it was like, okay, now I'm going to take the two, I'm going to take two hands. I'm not going to, you know, do the push. It's going to be a literal, like, shove and force you out. I was like, no, you stay out now. You lost yeah. your privileges. Right. <laughs> But I mean, it's it's somewhere it's like I again you understand that that stuff's gonna happen. Usually at times it's like I mean when I got to go see it was it was uh not the not loose Kubla Khan tour. It oh, was sometimes yeah. getting hits in those. It's like ah I mean like I wasn't expecting that. But then again it was not loose and Kubla Khan. I was ready to expect anything. Yeah, it's a violent combination. <laughs> now going to you Lenny a little bit, kind of like what I asked Lucas because you said there's a therapeutic part of it when it comes to seeing live music and being in that environment. When it comes to playing live music, being up on stage. Is that like feeling of like, you know, positivity and that therapeutic feeling the same? Is it different? So what, like, what is it like in that aspect? Uh, it, if anything, it's just way stronger. Cause I think for me, I've dreamed about, you know, being in a band, playing our songs live, hearing the crowd, singing the words back. Like it, it, it's almost overwhelming sometimes. Like the, the emotional aspect of it. Cause it's, you know, you work so hard to, you know, write and record these songs. And, you know, when when you do get that payoff of playing them live, because like, you know, sometimes writing and recording, it, it kind of sucks. You know, in the studio, it's not all fun. Sometimes it's frustrating, you know, trying to get a part right. You know, your fingers aren't, you know, performing at the level that 
you usually would or you know whatever else but when you're playing live and it's a good show it, it's honestly my favorite thing in the entire world it's the best feeling ever for sure I understand because especially in, in a live setting it's something where say you miss you know one note or say you just oh. like mess up a simple part right here you know you might be thinking about it but no one in the crowd is really gonna notice it no one in the crowd's really gonna hamper on it be, unless there's some guy that's in front of the crowd watching you play vigorously like i want to watch everything you do and if you do something wrong i'm gonna put it on social media blah, something like that no it, we're in the like we're in the crowd we're there to enjoy the music we're there to have fun it's like if you mess up you're still gonna see us you know having a blast giving that energy plus if something you know really goes wrong and all of a sudden you're able to play it off and have fun with it and just roll with it that's gonna be a positive memory that we all have like i've seen uh what band was it, it was august burns red their, uh, their smoke machines literally set off the smoke alarms in one of the venues that I was at. So they're like, okay, we're going to go figure this out real quick. All of a sudden, three minutes later, Jake comes back out. So we got some good news and some bad news. Good news is we know the reason why the smoke alarms went off is because our smoke machines made them go off. So we can continue the show. Hell bad yeah. news is no more smoke machines for the rest of the show. I hope you're okay with that. Everyone's just like, hell yeah. Yeah. He's like, we're going to start this song over again. This is Mariana Stretch. We're just like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I only mess up once during a song, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one mess up, you know what? It's all right. It's okay. As long as everyone in the crowd is having fun, that energy is still top notch and everything's flowing, we're doing oh, good. Yeah. I, I will say in my younger years in our old band, there would be like say say someone else messed up and then I like I'm hearing it and thinking about it too much. And I start messing up and then like I'm causing everyone it, like causes like an avalanche of mess ups that definitely has happened before. And that's like the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> Feels like there's like a specific story that just like popped in your mind when you explain oh, that. And if you yeah. got a specific story, like I'm ready to hear it, man. Oh, there's a couple. Sadly. Well, the, the one I'm thinking of was the backyard show that we played with record line. I, you, yeah. yeah. So Lucas, he was actually the drummer of that band. So um, we all were turned down really quiet because we were playing in a backyard. So Lucas couldn't even hear us. So Lucas is just like drumming to his, you know, whatever, whatever he's singing in his mind. And then like, I, <laughs> we were playing some new songs that we hadn't practiced enough. And it was just like an avalanche of mistakes during this one song where it was just like, it, it was like a train wreck. And, uh, I remember after we played it, like all of us were looking at each other, like, what are we doing? Like, should we fucking break up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was bad. It was really bad. Oh, that just, uh, just not sound like a fun time, man. It just does not sound like a fun time at all. Those are the trenches though, that most bands have to go through. Yeah. At this point, that was like, like probably more than eight years ago or so. Like that, oh, yeah. But that's just what happens. You know, you, you play those, random gigs, backyard shows with a bunch of local bands, just having fun. Every once in a while, they're not going to go good because like, like I was literally, there's no monitors. I'm not, I'm playing to, I'm just singing the song in my head and playing the drums. Like, well, I hope everyone's with me because I have no idea what everybody else is doing. So. Yeah. And this is something that you did say that just, you know, peak in my head, which was, uh, 
that every band does have to go through. So like that, everybody has to go through the trenches of that because it's not going to be like, you know, you start out as a musician or you start out as a band and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to be on a level where you're going to be opening for certain bands. It's You might start a band where all of a sudden, you know, you get to that point, but you definitely have had experience in those trenches before. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, Kind of like if all of a sudden, let's just, I'm just going to think of an example. It's kind of like, a oh, use, use, uh, I'm just going to use Ronnie Radke as an example. You know, him with Escape the Fate, it was, you know, he probably had to go through that same kind of stuff. The band had to go through that same kind of stuff. But when all of a sudden he started falling in reverse, you know, probably didn't have to go through some of that same stuff, but he already went through it at some point. That's kind of the analogy I'm making here where every musician has had to go through something like that at that point where, you know, the conditions are not right, not the best. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to have those avalanche of mistake shows, but it all depends upon what you do in that moment and how you interact with it and how you react to it. Because if all of a sudden it's just like some one thing mess up and all of a sudden other things mess up and at the end of the song, everyone's mad at each other. Now there's going to be some negativity. There's going to be those oh, negative yeah. emotions. The fans in the crowd are going to, you know, see that. They're going to remember that. And then they're going to be more distant from your band. If all of a sudden you guys mess up and all of a sudden you go, well, that's the new variation of the song that we're working on. So I hope you guys enjoy it because that may be the only time we ever play it. You know, yeah. now you're having some fun with it. Now you're keeping the vibes a little bit more on the positive side, a little bit more on the not so serious side, having fun with it. Everyone's going to feed off that. And you go on to the next song and all of a sudden people are just like, woo! Fuck yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Was, I think for us, it was like a good come to Jesus moment where it was like, okay, we need to be better. Like we can never have something like that happen again. So, you know, it, it definitely pushed us to, you know, make sure we were more practiced up, make sure we, you know, dot our I's, cross our T's. So never, never had anything like that happen again. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Cause I've, I've even seen a couple of shows like that too. There was a festival I went to and there was a band I've had in the podcast. They were not allowed to use their in-ears or use their monitors or anything oh. solely because they said that the, like everything that was going on on that stage was interfering with one of the bigger stages. So the bigger stage couldn't like sound, like do like a quick sound check or anything while the other band was setting up. And it just got to be kind of a mess. We're like, you know what? We're going to just do this. Whatever the fuck happens is whatever the fuck happens. And I am pretty sure like, cause I knew the more of the songs than some of the other people because it was a smaller band. I think the, I think they did mess up a couple of times, but they just had so much fun with it. They just like in this mentality of fuck this, we're just going to put on a good show for everyone that's here. They're just going to enjoy it. Remember that from a positive experience. So remember that and take that as a positive is watching that whole entire thing play out. Yeah, that's totally sick. I love that. But next time, make sure that no matter what venue you go to, you guys are able to use in-ears. Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. Not being able to hear yourself is it's like a death sentence, especially for being on vocals. Like, oh, man. So, like, what... So, cause I'm, again, I'm not really that strongly like connected when it comes to knowing that perf like the nuances of, you know, the live performance. I'm still learning at this point as I'm more of the one that goes to the show, goes to the pit, goes nuts and feeds off the energy that way. So when you can't hear yourself on stage, like when, you know, you can't hear the vocals on stage, what is that like? Because I'm very curious to see kind of like, you know, you said it was a death sentence, basically. What is that whole experience like? So, I mean, it, if you're singing and you can't hear yourself, you're relying solely on muscle memory because, like, you can't hear the note that's coming out of your mouth. So, like, say you start on the wrong note for a verse, you're not going to hear that it's the wrong note and correct. You're going to sing the whole verse out of key. So, it's like, 
just trying to rely on muscle memory for a whole song like i mean some some people could do it but you know you you have to have a gift it's it's really hard man okay that that does make a lot of sense and thinking about you know before you were able to use anything like in years but i mean you know being this younger banner even go back in time as well the before they were even a, a, a concept before they were even a thing see wondering how some of those artists are able to do that and be able to just you know rely on muscle memory and hit it perfect every single time because when you're up on stage you know the emotion that's going through the adrenaline that's going through you and relying on muscle memory i mean your muscles are going to pretty much know what to do at that point but there's a lot of other factors in play right there. What happens right. if all of a sudden, you know, when especially in your younger years or, you know, wherever you are now, when it depends, you know, say there's some girl in the audience that you're kind of like, hey, kind of like that girl. And all of a sudden, like, you're focused on that. And then all of a sudden you do start out and sing the wrong note at the start of the verse. Now you're singing the whole entire verse off key. Yeah, I, I think especially, like, when I was younger, like, I, I just didn't have the muscle memory built up enough. So it would have been just, you know, like I said, like a death sentence for me, but I think now, you know, I've sang, I've sang all these notes 10 million times now. So I, I'll feel a lot better doing it today than I did, you know, 10 years ago, but it, it's like you lose your safety blanket, you know, cause you can course correct if you could hear yourself and it's like, you hit the first note wrong. It's not a big deal. Like you said, you know, you just, hit the rest of them and no one's going to really remember. But yeah, if you, if you don't have that ability. Yeah. If you don't have that ability, then all of a sudden, you know, you might sing the whole song completely wrong and it's going to give it a whole entire different vibe, which sometimes I've seen bands perform songs, you know, at a live setting that they're heavier than what they do on like the album, which not going to lie is a cool thing, but it's never, you know, like a consistent thing where all of a sudden it's, you know, these vocals are, you know, a little bit more of that, like, higher pitch a little bit more of that unclean raspiness and all of a sudden they just turn around and do them guttural no it's not something like that it's like pieces of the song just are accented by these heavier notions so it does end up working out you know you're not going to be like perfect every single time but i can see what happens where all of a sudden you know you're not perfect you're not hating exactly right and it just kind of devolves into something where you're singing the song in a completely different way and it just does not come out as sonically powerful or as emotionally hard-hitting as you want it to come out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like there's definitely been shows where I've seen where it's like, you can see the singers struggling. Maybe they can't hear themselves. And it's like, Oh man, this is hard to watch. Not gonna lie. I've seen a couple of those before. And it's just like, especially in the crowd when you can notice it, it's just like, come on, what's going wrong. Can yeah. this get fixed, please? Uh, we want to see this whole entire thing go down the way we want it to. And it could be an issue with, you know, the, the equipment that you're using. It could be an issue with the sound from the venue. There could be many different issues going on at that same point as well. Oh, yeah. For so, sure. So continue to speak to live music. What has live music been like for you guys since, you know, the return of live music hit, since the COVID-19 restrictions have gone away and we're able to go to see shows without any of those restrictions really in place? You want to start this one, Lou? Live show as far as like for the band or just us individually? Um, for the band specifically. For the band, we've literally only been able to play one show since the restrictions have been lifted in San Francisco. Uh, California just has a little bit stricter restrictions regardless, you know, of what's going on. You know, nationally, California is always going to be on the strict side. But uh, we, it was a horrible time for the band pandemic. Not 
success wise, but like the one thing you want to do as a band is play live. And that's the one thing we couldn't do. So we had to focus on different things, but we finally were able to get back and play a show in San Francisco a few weeks ago now, or I can't remember exactly how long ago now, but that was the first show we played back. And it was like, we're, me and Lane are talking after it. Like, we're like, oh my God, like this is what we've been wanting for the last year and a half through the entire pandemic. And we were just robbed of it. We're just, I remember us talking like, like we're at this bar after. I was like, we could literally do this every night. Like, we, we could play this every single night. And it's just so sad that that was taken away for so long. And, uh, and even now we're back, but um, you know, like I said, California is a little bit different. So regardless of what's kind of going on nationally, California is always a little bit more strict. So getting on certain venues and stuff like that, it's, uh, it's a little bit harder now than it was before the pandemic for sure. Totally understandable. Now when it comes to, you know, getting, being a little bit hard to get on some of those bills, is it just because or getting in some of those venues? Is it the restrictions also do play a part in it on top of just, Again, you're in the same position as a lot of other bands that are out there, especially, you know, in any area given where everyone was on the shelf from live music for over a year, sometimes almost two two years at this point. And now that people are able to go out and play those live shows, it's like every single band is wants the same thing. They want to go out and play those live shows. So the, the again, the amount of venues that are able you're able to play at might be at a fixed supply, but the demand is incredibly high to play those oh, live yeah. shows. So you seen, I mean Kind of the best way to describe it. Are you, are you seeing those co- that competition happen for those time slots and having oh, yeah. trouble getting booked because of that? Yeah, I, I think one thing I've definitely noticed is like if you don't have a connection to a promoter, a booker, uh, you know, the g- guy working at the venue, like it, it's really hard to get slots because like a lot of these guys who are promoters or bookers, they have buddies in bands that they're giving preference to you know it's like there's certain bands in our area that get every good slot and it's mm-hmm. like ah oh, man like just maybe share a little bit of the wealth come on now <laughs> and a, a huge sad part about it too is it's preference you know if if the booker of the show doesn't like you guys for any reason like we are an emo band okay in the end like we do we have core post hardcore moments um and even some of the new songs we we have some guttural low screams. We get it as core as we can, but in the end, it's always ultimately an emo band. So it's an emo band that has hardcore moments, emo band that has softer, more upbeat moments. And that's one thing where if the bookers is like, I'm more into post-hardcore, don't really like emo, we're pretty much going to get ignored, or at least it seems like that sometimes. But uh, um, kind of just touching on it, so it's like, not that we're getting ignored like permanently, but like, they're like, ah, yeah, but it's emo music and I'm more of a fan of post-hardcore and, you know, this is post-hardcore band over here. They play here a bunch. So let's just have them fill the spot. Yeah. But if you're having the same band fill the same spot over and over and over again, then, you know, it's, you're going to, it's, it's kind of the same reason why, you know, a lot of bands don't play the same cities, you know, over and over again, or very rarely do just because you're going to end up diluting that crowd. I mean, even like some of those bigger bands, it's like, you know, you could be playing three shows in your hometown in a given year, but in that first one, you know, it might be sold out. But that second one and the third one you play might only get 75% capacity, maybe even a little bit lower than that just because, you know, people's like, oh, I've seen them one time this year. I've, that's good enough. Me, if it's a band I like, like I'm going to still go see them all three times, but not everyone's as crazy as I am. All right. <laughs> Lenny is. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, when we were younger, we were playing shows all the time in our old band, like every weekend playing a show and, and it was hard because it would be like all the people who were fans of us just saw us, you know, a couple weeks ago. And now we're playing in a similar area. And it's like 
we're not drawing and it's like, oh man, everyone just saw us. So I've definitely been on that side of it. But yeah, I think, you know, now it seems like it, it seems like it would be a lot easier to get booked if we fit more squarely into the metalcore or pop punk uh, genres because a lot of the tours or shows that are happening fall more closely into one of those boxes. So the fact that we're right in the middle, I do think makes it a little bit harder for us to get on tickets. Fair enough. I think it's a fair assessment. However, I'm going to go a little bit in the opposite direction and say that in the long run, I think you guys are better off by not fitting into those certain boxes just because what's going to happen is because especially, you know, going through music, especially listening to Saboteur, I'm like, you know, even for myself, it's like I'm a little bit more on the post-hardcore side. I mean, my, like where I really grew up in with music, it was hard rock and punk rock. And then all of a sudden, starting all this stuff up, metalcore and post-hardcore have definitely come flooding in. Emo was always in there a little bit in and out, but it was never something that was super strong. But listening to this, you know, listening to Saboteur, which we can get into later, but like seeing the mix of emo, post-hardcore, and seeing how some of that like more post-hardcore style comes to play off it, I would rather have a band that has more of this, you know, more of this variety to them, more of this chance to them, because what, what happens is, you know, you're able to work in with so many different other styles. You're able to work in with so many different other energies. Hell, there's a tour I saw with one of my friends, uh, Joey from the band Varsity, because Varsity, it's, they kind of got that like post-hardcore R&B kind of like infusion in there. I saw them open for non-point. Like, how, like, again, how does that make sense? But then and you see you. it. You see the show, you see the energy and how the music plays off the energy with each other. It's like, yeah, that works. So with you guys, it's like, I you know, I can see where venues are like, oh, we only want, you know, who's hardcore. We only want pop punk and you guys don't fit perfectly. You, you guys, you guys are like the, the square peg and they're trying to fit it into this perfectly shaped round hole. No, no, no. Put it in a square hole where everything fits in. And yeah. we're going to end up getting a show where all of a sudden you're going to get something that just stands out. You're going to get something that just the emotion is driving from it. The energy is driving from it because you're not booking specifically for the same sound over and over and over again. You're booking for the best experience possible. And you guys with a vaster array of sound can provide a better experience, I think, for a lot of other bills than some of these other bands could when they have to fit perfectly into that like circle peg. I appreciate that because that I mean that's we're writing the music that we want to hear so I mean to us that that's how we feel so it's good to hear that there's other people who feel that way <laughs> shit man I should tell you guys you know I know you guys are in California but come over to the Midwest we're doing this shit all the time with all these different rock and metal rock and metal all these different subgenres because I mean there are shows where you know they're more you know metalcore based more pop punk based more punk rock based but Honestly, again, we've seen shows where all of a sudden there are bands on these bills where it's like, this really shouldn't make sense at all. But then you go to the show and it's like, this totally makes sense. It was so much more worth it. And you get into these bands as a fan even more so because say, I'm trying to think of a good example. So say I was going to see a band like Ice Nine Kills as the headliner. Now, more metalcore, you still get some of that theatrics in there, especially all the horror stuff. But if I'm going for that, now the other earlier bands on the bill, if you're going to, it doesn't matter what the music is, but if you're going to give that same energy and you're going to give that same, off that same kind of passion emotion that Ice Nine kills us, it's totally going to work. And if I'm feeling it in the crowd and we're going to having a good time in the crowd, if you guys get that pick going and we're having a great time, the people up front are banging their heads and the people on the side are like, hell yeah, let's do this. Then, you know, you want them over. I'll even go to the Kublai Khan, uh, 
knocked loose to her. Yeah, you had Kubla kind of knocked loose on there. You know who was in between the two of them? Movement. Movement. Yeah. <laughs> that made no sense when it comes to a logistical standpoint. But go to that show. Kubla Khan, the crowd is going ape shit. The crowd is going is getting rough and tough. If you want to knock loose, it was like, yeah, you know, we would have gotten rough and tough as well. But by putting movements in there, it doesn't make sense. But you see it live and all of a sudden, everyone's kind of vibing and jamming. We got that break in between. And the the emotion changed. The, yeah. the, the energy changed. But the energy still stayed positive and upbeat for everybody. So, you know, even us guys that are crazy in the pit, the guys that were already like bleeding and busted up, everyone's kind of jamming in the middle, having a good time. It was yeah. fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love all three of those bands. So I, I love that lineup. Yeah, but again, just kind of related to where you guys are. Keep making the music that you want to make. Keep making the style that you want to make it because what's the best way to describe this? If you do that, you're going to have your course on. You're going to make something for yourselves. If a band is going to directly copy another band, that band is never going to be as good as the original. Oh, yeah, for sure. But... Take a look at a, like some of the other bands, like listening to some of your music, like especially looking at the Tour. I'm like, I'm picking up vibes from like Under Oath. I'm picking up vibes from like Bullet for My Valentine. It's like, but it's definitely not that, but it's, I'm picking up the same vibes, the same feeling, the same emotion. I'm like, all righty, like, let's roll with this. Let's have some fun with this. And now I'm thinking like, shit, you guys could be put like as an opener on an Under Oath tour and it would make total sense. Thank you. Yeah, that would be a dream come true. I think uh, Under Oath is. Unearth is definitely one of everyone in the band's favorite bands. <laughs> then I'm glad I picked up on that because I I got to see. Uh, so it was that tour that Underworld did. It was with Spirit Box, Bad Omens, and Straight from the Path. I got to oh, see yeah. it down in Chicago, and uh, Spirit Box was out for that show because of COVID. Oh, and whoa. Uh, Straight from the Path, I it was like I enjoyed it, but it just wasn't like the pit was just way too big for two little people. Bad Omens, they played a little bit too much stuff off of the Death of Peace of Mind, and they did not play very long. So everyone's like, what the heck's going on here? Now we're not going to get Spirit Box? Well, Under Oath better bring it. They yeah, Under Oath fucking brought it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was actually one of the best sets that I can honestly remember. That set was incredible. I feel bad because uh, Lenny got me a ticket to that show, and I couldn't go. So... Yeah, damn you. <laughs> Dang it, Lucas. You missed out on greatness there. I feel like I did. It really was. Like, I, I was talking to him after. I was like, dude, I'm so inspired right now. That was the best show I can remember. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll get a you'll get your chance again, Lucas. you get your chance again. Oh, yeah. But, again, it's just going back to your sound as well. So, where was the inspiration that came off of, your, of the sound you have with that emo post-hardcore mix that allows you to go, you know, into some of the more pop-punk stuff as well, along with some of the more of the metalcore, the heavier stuff. Like, you guys have a, you guys definitely have this tone behind you, but you're able to work within it and manipulate into so many other different areas that you want to, based off of how you want to write it, based off what the song is calling for, based off of the emotion is calling for. So, how did you create this sound? What's the inspiration behind it? Like, take me back to the whole entire story of how this came through to me, because... This is a cool sound. <laughs> you, want, you want to start this one, Lou? So just like for the band, the, get, getting this sound that we have, I mean, I would say it's pretty wide, wide range. Like we can have a slow singing piano song and then we could have a song that has black metal vocals on it on the same record. And it would flow because that's at least the range we've given ourselves. And that sound did come pretty organically because when we started writing our first album that we put out, 
Um, we just wanted the right music that we wanted to hear. And so we just had this collection of songs that were so vastly different and somehow worked together. Like some songs had much heavier moments. Some songs were acoustic and singing, you know, some songs were definitely trying to lean on the, the pretty soft side. Some songs are trying to lean on this like heavy, like grungy side. And it just, it just came organically. And I will say, I think one thing that really helps as far as like the physical sound, like the actual chords that you're hearing, I think our, the skill level that we have, like we are not amazing musicians. Like, we can trick people into thinking we're great, but we are fairly uh, rudimentary intermediate musicians, but, you know, at best. And I think us just writing the music that we want to hear um, and just using the skills that we do have, like we're not shredders, you know, I'm not this riff king or anything like that. Just using the skills that we had almost forced us into this, the box that is down again. And I don't want to say the word box is really open. I feel like we could do anything, but just where we were in our musicianship, the type of music we wanted to hear, you know, being played that we weren't really finding in any other band. Um, we needed to create that. And then also just the inspiration that we have, you know, it's, it's vastly wide range of, of inspiration for the music writing. I mean, that makes a hell of a lot of sense, especially coming from the standpoint of this is just what you guys want to do. This is the sound you want to make. This is the music you want to make. And even going a little bit further into it, you know, yeah, it doesn't, you know, sound exactly like anything else doesn't fit in that box. But take a look at the bands that are the most popular right now. The bands that are absolutely blowing up in the scene right now. Are they doing anything that like any other band? They're usually ahead of the curve. They're usually doing a bunch of crazy stuff. And mm -hmm. at first, it's always tough to break through. But all of a sudden, people pick up on it. Fans pick up on it. All of a sudden, now labels and publications and all these other, you know, festivals are trying to be like, we we got we knew about this all along. We're just waiting for it to really pop off with the fans. Like, nah, we, we really know. But you know what? We're still going to do it because, well, means the fans get to see us. But, like, take a look at probably the best example I can give you right now is Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, yeah. They're massive. <laughs> They had their own freaking festival just for like that they put together just for themselves and they put together two sets for it. One was, yeah, everything pretty much like here's from Sepaternal on and we're going to enjoy this. And all of a sudden the next set they did the next night was like, here's everything you wanted before Sepaternal. Yeah. Uh, and you see the vast difference in array of it, but bands are able to do that, create their own sound, create their own thing and just run with it do great things i mean when it came to thrash metal like who was doing it before like metallica and slayer yeah um use ice nine kills as another example the whole entire horror metalcore thing yeah it didn't really you know pop off right away all of a sudden you know started to get some traction the silver scream drops everyone's just like <gasps> oh yeah. yeah it might just take some time but it's much better honestly to have a sound that you really believe in a sound that you created for yourselves and not just following some cookie cutter thing because that's what the local promoters want. That's for sure. Yeah. I think I remember when we first started writing these songs, like we were like, what if we took like brand new style emo and then just like added parts that were way too heavy and did not fit with the rest of it. Like, so that that was like one of the very first like ideas that popped in our head that kind of led us down this road. So because I mean, brand new, sadly, 
with their uh, downfall, but they, they were one of my favorite bands forever. And I've always loved their, you know, type of emo music, the emotion that they brought to their music. So like we wanted to like add that, but I also just love screaming. So I was like, what if we just like scream over everything with that sound? Like what would happen? So that's kind of like where the, one of the first like stepping stones that led us to where we are now came in. So you want to know what happens with that? Good things happen with that. And all you have to do is just listen to the music. That's all you have to do for all the fans out there. Honestly, it's all you got to do. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I, I know I say this at the end of every episode, but I'm going to say it now again to make sure that everyone listening doesn't forget it. Right when this episode is done, go to your where you consume music, whether it's streaming, whether it's go to YouTube, go wherever you, you can find music. Look up down again and just start listening. Trust me. We're everywhere. You, you could go to the most random streaming site on earth. We're on all of them. <laughs> um, so you can go to cheese stream for cheese.com forward, forward slash Gouda music. It, it might even be on Pornhub. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's someone that would definitely go out and check there. And all of a sudden, I'm going to go through every video. Nope, not in this one. Nope, not in this one. Uh, <laughs> If you search down again on Pornhub, it should be really sad. Just the saddest videos you ever see. <laughs> oh, dear God. It was honestly, it'd probably just be a video of just like someone, just it could be just a person just sitting there, just fully clothed, just sitting there. And just all of a sudden, it's like, what is this? It's like, this is the, this is the saddest one ever. <laughs> yeah. Also, you've seen the comments. Yeah, but that music was damn good, though. <laughs> hell yeah like every single comment i don't know what the hell that video was or you just get like the you know your standard comments on on that site but all of a sudden you're just gonna get every single comment looking like it's like a youtube comment for a good song it's just like yo this song was awesome i have no <laughs> idea what the heck the video behind it was but this song this is the one right here i hope so that <laughs> that would bring joy to me <laughs> oh god I, honestly now i've got a feeling like by the time this podcast releases all of a sudden I'm going to get a message from someone that was like, hey, I found this band on a, but I don't want to say where I found them because you might think I'm weird, but this is where I found them. It's going to look and go, (laughs) they actually did it, didn't they? (laughs) One day, someone at a show is going to be like, yep, we found you guys on Pornhub. And he's going to be like, yeah, (laughs) worth it. (laughs) You are the chosen one. (laughs) Now I'm starting to think about this a little bit. What would happen if a band would actually put their music on something like that? What behind just some kind of video? Because there's a couple different ways that I mean, it's some. It's a place where you know people are gonna go watch it. There's a lot of people that are gonna watch some of those videos, so it's gonna get exposure. But is it also a connection to just you know with the site itself, with the content itself? Would there be some backlash there? How would you want to play something like that? Because I'm just kind of curious. Like, this is a really interesting idea. Well, it actually reminds me of, um, uh, you listen to Drugs, uh, Destroy or Build Until God shows? Yeah. So you remember their song Sex Tape off their first album? Yeah. So uh, when um, when they were just about to release that song, uh, what is it, Craig Owens, he made a fake sex tape with like this porn star and like announce that song with this fake sex tape 
with this porn star and like it got it got a lot of coverage but a lot of people were like mad about it and then like because you you don't know that it's fake at the time and then later he came on he was like oh no it was fake it was fake or whatever but like so he he kind of pioneered this idea <laughs> so this idea still ex has existed before but hasn't been fully executed in the way that you know we're kind of talking about it we're taking it to a complete different step instead of using you know the idea behind a video to start that promotion no we're talking about is literally putting the song by a certain song behind a video for promotion honestly it might work better <laughs> what we should do is just like whatever the cover of the video is going to be make it something that's like really attractive when someone clicks on it just make that go away and it's just our music video just a regular <laughs> music video They're like what is this <laughs> just trick them into listening yes yeah but i feel like you're gonna get the guys that are just like you know stuck in their bedrooms all day just like the uh I'm trying to think like from south park where you had the guy that was watching all the cameras of like when they had a, the uh the tsa for the bathrooms oh yeah uh, yeah you're gonna get that guy's like what the heck is it and just turn it off or just go security breach but if you had somewhere all of a sudden like the song was actually behind a video like an actual video on the like you know on one of those many different sites that um, that type of video yeah <laughs> wild man oh i mean God. that would be insanely well because you know it's gonna get more plays you know it's gonna get more consistent listens to especially if you have that song at a very specific part in that video <laughs> hey i mean something again the backlash might be pretty intense but you never know what might happen it is 2022 yeah, we'll just tell our wives, babe, this is for promotion. Don't don't think about it. <laughs> we didn't yeah. actually make this video. Someone else made this video. We just put our song to it. Yeah, I haven't watched it, I promise. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> all right. Now I'm I'm ha I'm I'm not half expecting. I'm fully expecting to see this happen at some point where all of a sudden it's gonna be like but in the video, in parentheses, there's going to be something that says down again. And I'm going to look at that and be like, oh, my God, they did it. And then it's like, you got to you got to just see what a, what that video has in store for you. See where the song all comes in. And all of a sudden, I, I'm going to have to go to the comments on that. And just see. I don't know what happened with the with the like the audio or the soundtrack, but that song fucking slaps. And all of a sudden, yeah. just like agree, agree, agree. Someone's like, that song doesn't slap. All of a sudden, you're going to hear. You know, go on, just do the whole Twitter thing. Ratio, all these different upvotes for ratio. It's like, oh yeah, you got ratioed, buddy, because you're trying to go against a good song. What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully it goes down that way. <laughs> I hope so too. So you give it another, you know, I'll put this I'm gonna give it another year. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see what happens because I feel like you guys might have a song in the works where it's like, now this song would be perfect for this situation. Either if it fits in perfectly or if it's like, this makes absolutely no sense, then it does. All of our songs are so sad that <laughs> probably none of them will make sense, but maybe that'll be the beauty of it. <laughs> Just kind of the whole... The saddest video you ever seen. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to turn one hell of video in this whole entire like juxtaposition field just because of a very, very, very sad, but also energetic song at the exact same time. <laughs> oh, yeah.
<laughs> well, jumping out of like the specifics of, you know, trying to promote a song, but jumping into a specific song with Saboteur, because that was the one that stood out to me, of course, because that was the one that was on the Instagram ad that I saw. That was the one I listened to. And that was the one that had me feeling like that, you know, bullet for my Valentine, under oath kind of feel with the emo vibes behind it as well. So when it came to writing Saboteur, what was the inspiration behind that one? That one, really, I... I wanted to write a fast song because most of our songs are, you know, not not like a really fast BPM. You know, we we usually sit between like 125, 145 BPM pretty safely. So I was like, I want to write something that's like super fast. So that one's like, I, I believe it's at 180 BPM. So way faster than what we're used to. And uh, I was like, let's just write something where the music sounds like drivey alternative music from the mid 2000s. But instead of singing over the verses, we'll just scream the whole verses. And, you know, cause that, that's not something that I'm hearing a lot today. I'm not hearing a lot of really fast drivey alternative style music with screaming. So I was like, as much as it's been done before in the mid 2000s, it hasn't been done much today. So uh, that was the idea behind the music of it. And then uh, the lyrics for it was a song that I've been trying to write for a long time and just hadn't found a song that like really matched the emotion of what I wanted to get across. So uh, yeah, it just, just kind of worked out to you know finally get that song out there with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So a couple things that before I ask my next, my next question, which is going to be about just, you know, the, the lyrics behind the song and really what the meaning is behind it. But I'm looking through my notes on it because I got three pages of notes on this whole entire fucking song. I wasn't going to cheap out on this bad boy. And I always like, I'll go through each part and then I'll put it together in overall before I go into the whole entire overall. But I literally put overall, if this song dropped in like 2007, fuck, this would have been all over the radio and all over MySpace. Hell yeah. Hey. So... So it does make a lot of sense, like what you said too, where, you know, if you want to, you know, have that emo feel, but like have that, you know, more alternative drivey kind of feel and have those unclean vocals in there in the alternative scene, or even like more in, the, in that scene, you're not seeing that at all anymore. You saw it a hell of a lot in the 06, 07, and people are still talking about, you know, listening to that music and talking about, oh, I wish they still made music like that. Well, you know, it's, it kind of happens in a cyclical way where patterns come back, where things oh, yeah. go away and then they come back once again in influence. We saw that in like, you know, the eighties, it was like, you saw the whole entire thing with the synth wave uh, sound and all the different things they're doing oh, with, yeah. with synthesizers, all that good, crazy kind of stuff. All of a sudden the nineties comes around. It's like, yeah, we're done with that shit. All of a sudden I've been seeing that pop up more and more recently. It's like, Oh, you know, it has that retro feel. It's cool, but it hits on the emotion at the same time too. So it does make a lot of sense. So bringing that back because you guys want to play a song like that and you want to bring something like that back. Again, it's just going to be something that's going to stand out with more ferocity because you're doing it the way you want to do it. And also because we haven't seen something like that happen in quite a while. And the bands that really did hit on that, you know, maybe they evolved a little bit more. Maybe their sound changed a little bit more. But when they do play those songs, okay, use Under Oath. When they play those songs from 2004, 2005, the crowd still goes ape crazy for it. oh yeah berserk 
Absolutely. So also when it comes to, you know, what's the meaning really behind Saboteur? What was the real core emotion, really the core like thing that was we wanted to pull out here and the core message you want to say? Because when you said you had a song that you want to write for, and that really fit now with this more fast paced kind of feel, this more driving kind of feel, along with having those unclean vocals, those more unclean scream style vocals with a little bit more of that raspiness in the verses and then having the chorus have a little bit more of that clean style, but also still having a little more of that raspiness too that really connect it. What was the overall meaning behind the song to really, you know, make this as powerful as it was? What was the connection behind there? What's the lyrical inspiration? So it, for me, it was a, I had a best friend for a long, long time, years and years and years, uh, someone who I considered, you know, you know, my best friend. And uh, we, we had a falling out where, uh, nothing actually happened just one day he ghosted me and uh it, it was incredibly strange and uh so he he just stopped recurring my calls and texts uh and he ended up moving away and never telling me why so i never never found out you know been reaching out for years you know uh through every avenue that I can. And I, I just have no idea what happened or what went wrong. Cause this was someone who I considered like, you know, close, like a brother. So, uh, if you listen to the song, it's kind of me going through this, you know, like what happened? Why, why did it happen? Like, you know, like, and like, the name of the song saboteur just kind of comes from you know them being someone who you know even while we were friends they were more uh you know like self-sabotaging in their own life you know they had a hard time you know being a self-starter they you know kind of they they had a lot of you know, rough things in their lives and just didn't know how to deal with them. So then, you know, you know, dealt, dealt a bad, bad hand and then have a hard time recovering from it type of situation. So that's where the name of the song comes from and kind of the lyrics in the song. And it kind of caps with the bridge of, you know, what could have been is all I see, what should have been will never be, you know, like just kind of lamenting on it. So that, that's what the song's about. <laughs> so that's something that's really powerful. And before I go a little bit further into it, also, when it comes to the ghosting th thing and like people doing that, I've had that happen too many times, but that's mostly from like, you know, the, the online dating perspective. So right. uh, yeah, just first off, ghosting. Yeah, don't do that. It's not very nice. It's not very helpful. And it's just, you just kind of look like a dick if you do it. But on top of that, it's something where, you know, there might be people that can, you know, really associate with something like this. I had a friend that kind of, it was some out of a similar way, but it wasn't that person that dropped me. It was me that dropped that other person because what I noticed was just like in life, my ceiling was only going to be so high if she was in my life and she was in, had like, you know, some sort of influence on me in any kind of way by drop, by completely, you know, dropping her and just like saying, you know, I, you know, it's just not good. It just, you haven't been a good friend kind of thing. We're done that. Like I lost a friend, but that ceiling, that cap went away. So it, I kind of looked at it in that perspective where it's like, you know, 
no matter what kind of friend you have, it's like there could be someone in there that just, you know, has you around as a friend that is constantly using you for their own personal gain. And then they will step on you at any given moment for their own, you know, for, for whatever they need. Just, you know, completely throw you under the bus for whatever they need. And it's kind of coming to the realization that, you know, you really don't need that person around. That person only going to be doing bad things for you, even no, no matter how much you cared for them. And by, again, by breaking from that bond, by breaking from that other person, again, your ceiling might have been capped at a certain point. Now that ceiling is removed and your potential for whatever you want to do in life is a lot higher because you don't have the weight of that person's influence on you anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it it was a hard situation and it, it really sucked. But I, I do think, you know, in the long run, I was better for it, but it's still shitty to go through. <laughs> it, it, it's, it is shitty to go through, but you can always look at it in a certain positive aspect where, you know, you go through certain things that, you know, always the cliche, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. What doesn't kill you make you stronger, but they're cliches for a reason because they hold true. And you can take, you can take a look at that and things that you went through in this situation, you know, they're not the best things. But they may have, you know, been a part of the journey that's going to lead you to, you know, the overall happiness that you're going to find in life. Find out, you know, where you want to go in life. Find out where your passions lie. Find out what you want to do so that every day when you wake up, you're happy with where you are. You're happy with the people you're associating with. You're happy with the people you're connected with. And you're just vibing through the whole entire thing. And you're not worried about, you know people that are going to be constantly trying to bring you down, people that are trying to have you around so that they can use you for their personal gain. Just really kind of using that as like a, putting a positive spin on a negative situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, definitely now with, you know, all the guys in my bands being my best friends, it definitely feels good to, you know, have a group of guys where everyone's got each other's back and no, uh, no worries about any of that kind of stuff. And that's always a good thing. Plus, when it comes to the overall, like, you know, when you listen to the song and you really go through it, having it at that faster pace, that was the first thing that really caught my eye. Because, you know, you get the energy behind there. You get that feeling behind there. And a lot of it that really drove emotionality in this song, from my perspective, was the drumming. The whole entire way through, that was one part that I was just stuck on where it's like, Everything about the drumming when it comes to the verses, the way it comes to the, the chorus and when it comes to that fill in the chorus, that transition from a faster part to a little bit more of a slower part for the second half. When it goes to that breakdown right after the second uh, verse and it really slows it down, but it still sticks with such a heavier impact that it just works out every step of the way. Having that faster bass drum and having to continue to drive with the, you know, the double taps on the bass. And sometimes, you know, you took away the double test, but then you focus more on the snare to really create that, you know, faster pace, that more energetic feel. It just drove the song and kept it going every step of the way and had that emotion flowing from one part to the next. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. I actually did all the drums on that song. Um, so in the music video, we since this song has been released, we have a full-time drummer who's amazing. He's the greatest person in the world. Alex, I love you. Um such a better drummer than me but i did before him i was the drummer of the band slash guitar player you know and did most of the, or a lot of the screams so uh the drums on that one was like just so intense for me because uh lenny basically said hey man listen to this rhythm and i was like oh no i was like what am i supposed to do with this like 
This is so fast. Hundred. He's like, I was thinking about a blast beat here. I was like, you want me to blast beat at 180 BPMs? I was like, my little baby wrists are gonna fall off. So, as far as like the drums go, and then also the lead guitar on that song, like I had never written anything that's like more intent. If that makes sense, like. When it came to the drums, I was like, I want every part to be the best that it can be, to be calculated. Um, that way, it's just like, there's just, I don't ever want to go back on that song and think I should have done this. Because that's like one of the few songs that I've drummed on where there's not a single thing that I would change, you know, listening back to it. Like, I really did, like, I wrote drums for that song that I couldn't even play and had to learn to play. I don't. I'm like, I'm an emo drummer. I don't double kick that fast. Okay. So it's like, I'm sitting there practicing for weeks, just like making sure that I could double kick at, you know, 180. I'm plus practicing the blast beats for weeks. Um, I'm practicing the verse because the verse was this weird, like where the hits would come in, like on the, like they're coming in on a, on a weird time. So it's like just practicing so much. I mean, pushing myself because like Lenny's like, Hey man, here's a song way faster than anything ever and I was like I was like I don't know how I'm gonna drum to this in a way that's gonna be unique and then still sound cool and he kept telling me things like like yeah blast I'm like you what do you think I am dude like so like Lenny having this song just forced me to write these drums that I've never written before so I, I was really excited with the drums it's to this day it's my you know best work and now that I've passed the baton of the drums it'll kind of be my uh my you know, my, my, my Mona Lisa on the drums. <laughs> your I'll, say, I'll say your Mona Lisa on the drums. My God, man. I mean, that's a great Mona Lisa to have and a big thing to hang your hat on. Mostly again, because when I was listening to like instrumentally, this was the driving force behind the whole entire thing behind, you know, the way that the guitar riffs worked in, it was a great compliment. I'm not gonna lie. When you had more of that, you know, it still had a little bit more of that fast pace behind it to match, not necessarily as in full, but like the way that the tone reacted, because it's like you're listening to tone, it's like, oh yeah, this sounds like a little bit more of that emo, a little bit of a higher pitch style tone from the guitar. But the way it worked alongside all the drumming that you did, I mean, everything worked so congruently from one part to the next where, you know, no matter what was going on, everything still had that emotion behind there. When it comes to, you know, having, a, having someone in your life that all of a sudden, you know, just completely leaves or just like in that self-sabotaging or is also, you know, sabotaging your life in some sort of way. And just going through the emotions of, you know, this anger, this confusion, this displacement feel, everything around there with how it transitioned from, you know, kind of more that confused, displaced anger feeling to more of this understanding and concentrated feel, especially towards the end of the song, especially how the bridge takes that and then transforms the chorus completely on its own. I I, I don't know what else to say besides just bravo, gentlemen. Bravo. Thanks. I will say just that we're talking about drums real quick. The reason why I'm so proud is for all of our songs that have been recorded to date, uh, we mic a drum set. So it's not programmed drums. Like that's us playing the drums. So I know people listening might be like, why is he talking so much about practicing? Don't you just program? Like, no, that is a mic drum set. You know, yeah, we mix it and make sure the levels are great, but that is like this the kick bass is me hitting the kick bass. It's me hitting the snare. It's not, we didn't program it. It's not fake. So that's why I had to practice it. Cause that's one of the way our, our producer likes to do the drum. So it just puts way more pressure on me. Cause like, it's like, damn it. I gotta be perfect. Like, God, like. Yeah. But then you get, you get the actual emotion behind there. You can feel the drums even more so cause they're programmed in there. Yeah. They're going to sound perfect, but maybe there's a certain little aspect of the song where all of a sudden you hit that kick drum just a little bit 
bit harder. Oh, yeah. You hit the snare a little bit off center. You hit it a little bit closer to the rim. And it just adds so much more emotion because that's what you're feeling at that moment. And that's how you're trying to express it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the human aspect of the drums is like remarkable. You, you could listen to two guys play the same beat and they don't feel the same at all whatsoever. You know, there, there's definitely a, a huge part of the drums that, you know, you're able to put a human fingerprint on. And uh, I think it definitely comes through on our songs. So I, I love the drums. I'll say it absolutely does. And even with Saboteur as well, we, I mean, we talked a lot about the instrumentals on it, but vocally this song also stands out. And specifically it's that chorus that stands out to me. It specifically out of anything else, of course, you know, the unclean, you know, more screamy raspy style that you guys work with in the verses. And then that breakdown, which it does bring them to a heavier side of things and the bridge which kind of you know brings it back a little more of that you know lighter feel in a way to kind of give more of that understanding feel it's the way the chorus interacts the way that sound is it's the first thing i thought of it was like more people gotta listen is like this hook just hits you and it just oh, sticks yeah. with you yeah i i i think that hook is absolutely incredible i i am so happy we were able to get uh, one of my homies, his name is Kyle Reese. He's in the band Demon in Me, and he sang that hook for us. And uh, I, I think he did a phenomenal job. So yeah, Kyle Reese, Demon in Me, definitely go check them out. And uh, when you listen to Saboteur, you could definitely hear he's got an incredible voice. It the one thing that really kind of got to me too, because I was trying to figure out, you know. I knew you guys had a feature, man. I'm like, well, which one is the feature? Because you have got, yeah. I've got, I've got three different vocalists going on here. So which one exactly is the feature? I want to make sure I get the right one. But listening to the chorus as well, just the way that it sounds too, and putting it in a live setting where you're not going to have him there to, you know, help out and help us every single time because you never know what happens. You guys are playing a show and your buddy just shows up. It's like, hey, want to help you guys out in that chorus? You're like, fuck yeah. But the uh, way yeah. that his vocal set is and the way that it sounds, especially in this, you know, right, like right at the beginning, you know, you get the first little part and then all of a sudden you get to more of that, like somewhat of like a more screamer, raspier sound. It does fit in with what you guys are doing in the verses between you two. So when you guys do it in a live setting, it still is going to flow. It still is going to hit with that same emotion. It's of course going to sound a bit different because you've got a different person singing it, but the totally. style and the flow is going to match up. So in a live setting, you're not missing out on that. Oh yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, it, I think it's a song that will translate very well live. So one, we actually haven't played it live yet. So I think once we do though, it's going to be a crowd pleaser. Oh yeah. Sure. What you guys might have to do is find a way to, you know, play a couple of shows, come out my way, play that oh, yeah. thing live and let us just go ape crazy in the pit. You know, absolutely. You, you know, I, I, I say this, I saw under oath this year, but they played in Chicago. What happens if they're on a different tour? What happens if they're leading another tour? And all of a sudden, you know, if they're going to be doing it this year and it's going to be in the U S they play already play in Chicago. They're going to end up probably coming to Milwaukee, you know, get on that bill. I'm just kind of saying, oh, you know, we'll yeah. go crazy. sick. We'll go, we'll oh. go crazy in front of 1500 people. Hey, you, you don't have to twist our arm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to twist your arm. I'm just trying to drill it in your head so it's like, okay, we're going to find a way to tour with Under Oath this year. I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're going to make it happen. It might all have to stem from, you know, a certain song and a certain video on a certain website that people use for different <laughs> things. But uh, you never know. It might work. 
You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Underworld frequents that website. So <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised if every band frequents that website. Yeah, it might be the number one band website. <laughs> take that. Um, I'm trying to think. Take that, Loudwire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, but when it comes to Saboteur, like, I always like to wrap things up with an overall. And I already said, you know, if this song dropped in 2007, this would have been all over the radio, all over MySpace, all over those places. Because it took these guys time to grow. And, it like, it took these guys time to grow up to deliver this to us. I'm a fan of exactly how you guys mix the heavier set of post-hardcore in the instrumental backing with that emo tone on the guitars. The drums are absolutely killer on here to really drive a lot of emotion with the faster pace to let that anger towards, you know, potentially someone who wronged you, someone who just disappointed, someone that has, you know, used you to their own advantage to really flow throughout the song. And it hits even heavier with that breakdown. The vocals that are outside the chorus have that emo, unclean, raspy style attached to them with two vocalists to show more disparity in this concept between the two. So you get two different you know, aspects, two different feels for it. And the chorus vocals do a fantastic job mixing the two and flowing through the entire thing to create a hook that would make your emo-loving heart bleed out with all the excitement in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think just a quick touch on that uh, with the guitar tones. A lot of bands today are drop tuning their guitars like crazy, you know, drop B, drop A, drop even like E sometimes. And I think what really, you know, sets our guitar tones apart from what everyone else is doing right now is we play most of our music, like 80% of it in E standard. And then for the songs like Saboteur, like that's just drop D. We're just dropping one string. Like, so... <laughs> It, it really gives it that throwback feeling to the mid 2000s when a lot of bands were playing in drop D. So it's like a, it's, it's a little ode to the good old days of emo. Little ode to the good old days of emo that very well could be revived very soon. Ooh. We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> working on it, making it happen. Well, gentlemen, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I always like to do at the end of this is give you guys a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the episode. So, Lenny, Lucas, floor is yours. Uh, definitely go check out Demon and Me. Uh, they released an album just last year. I'm going to love you like you're already gone. It's fantastic. Uh, I know Kyle Reese is also working on another new project that hasn't dropped yet. So go follow him on social media. Keep up with him. He is absolutely incredible. And then also want to shout out our producer, Nick Loicono. He is absolutely incredible. One of my best friends and ridiculously talented. He's responsible for a lot of, you know, how we end up sounding on our recordings. And for me, lastly, we'll definitely shout out Tyler. Um, for the music video, oh, yeah. check out the music video for that song. Uh, the guy who filmed that music video is just taking help take our band to the next level. He filmed our last couple of music videos, so we owe a lot to him. Uh, and I'm gonna plug ourselves, man. No shame. Look, our website has we got merch, we got shirts, hats, skateboards. I see a couple of skateboards back there, bro. We got a bunch of decks. Um, yeah, we let's, got. Let's oh, move this over because there should be four of them right there. Yeah, heck yeah, yeah. We got we got four different decks on our site, and then we got hats. That's the best way you can support us. Anyone listening, 
you know, we're we're coming fast and heavy with music dropping all the time. Uh, you know, we had our album, the EP, and the single. We're always working on new music. So we're trying to bring music as fast as we can, man. The best way to help us out is is rocking our merch. Oh, uh, yeah. Perfectly said and perfect way to make those shouts and also to shout out yourself because if you weren't going to shout out yourselves, I was going to do it and I'm still going to do it. So now it's time for you to end this podcast with one, two, three very specific things. So first things first, when it comes to down again, so everyone listening, you just heard Lucas plug what they got going on, where you, you know, listen to their stuff, listen to the EP, listen to the LP, listen to the single saboteur, listen to all that stuff, buy some merch and, you know, when they go out and play live shows, you're going to want to be a part of it. You're going to want to see this stuff live. You're going to want to enjoy it. And you're going to want to follow along with them on all their socials to make sure you don't miss out on anything. So go and do that. But I know people. I know how this stuff works. I know the last thing you want to do is search up all this stuff yourself. You're going to want to make me do it. Put in the description of the podcast. Have it say, find down again online. Links for their socials. Links for YouTube. Links for their website. Links for their merch. Links for where you can stream their music. So all you have to do is click the link and then like, share, follow, subscribe, stream, download, buy. All that kind of stuff. So you better fucking believe I'm going to do that. Just go in the description of the podcast. Everything is there for down again. Like, share, subscribe, listen. Download, buy their stuff, support the band because I said so. (laughs) Now it is time for number two, gentlemen. So number two, this is something I like to do with bands that I've absolutely enjoyed having on the podcast. It's kind of become a tradition around here for the bands that have earned it. And that is 100% of the bands I've had in this podcast. So this streak needs to continue on. And my question is, did you guys... Make this streak continue on. The answer is absolutely. So number two is a promise to you guys. This promise does not start out with if. If implies possibility of not happening. Fuck that. This starts out with when. When implies that this is going to happen. Date and time right now is the determining factor that is to be determined. So when I can see you guys perform live for the first time, because it will happen. My promise to you guys is this. First round's on me. Yes. Hey, that means yes. second round's on me. <laughs> I'll take it. I will. Hey, I'm gladly. super skinny, so I'll be drunk and I have to buy no rounds. <laughs> That's a win-win for Lucas right there. <laughs> Hell yeah! So we'll make that happen because you know, as I put all this stuff together for this podcast, when I put together that you know that fine down again part online. If I'm not following your stuff, then that's when I do it. I am not missing out on any of that shit right then and there. So. Now, time for number three. And number three is, I can't end this by saying goodbye for a couple of reasons. One, I'm going to continue to follow along with the band, so this is going to be a continuous thing. Two, is this the only time I ever want you guys in the podcast? (laughs) Fuck no, I want you guys back on here at some point in the future, because this was fun as all hell. And I'd love to talk again and just continue to watch and get other people to know about the continued growth and success of the band. And three... I mean, I made a promise to you guys. I'm keeping that promise. I've got a debt to pay to you guys with first rounds on me, so I got to pay up on that debt. So can this be goodbye? No, can't be goodbye. This has to be. See you later. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. I'll see you later, man. Well, folks, this is my interview with Lenny and Lucas from the band 
down again out of California. Yeah, you like emo, you like post-hardcore, you like that, you know, older under oath sound, you like more emo stuff. Yeah, this band is definitely gonna be the one for you. So go and follow along with them on all their social media platforms. Go and watch YouTube video for Sabbath Tour and all their other YouTube videos. Go listen, download, stream, buy their music, follow them on all those platforms as well. Go buy some merch. And to do all that, go to the description of the podcast, see where it says find down again online. Links and labels are there for you. All you have to do is click and then do what you got to do. I'm taking care of all the hard work for you. All you got to do is click or tap or whatever device you're on. Whatever's going to be the one thing that you click the link for. Yeah. Now I'm starting to sound old. Ah, click it, don't tap it. No, just do however you're going to get there. Take care of that. Also, make sure you follow along with the Chord Progression Podcast. We have place where you can connect us on socials. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Plus, you message us on all those. I'm the one that answers them. So, go for it. On top of that, we also, or I say we usually do, Wednesday live streams every time on Instagram, 9 p.m. Central. And just check out what we're going to do because, you know, sometimes we do them earlier, sometimes we do them later in the week. But Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central, usually the standard time. On top of that, please make sure to subscribe to the Corporate Crush Podcast. Facebook, no, not Facebook. Please, yeah, I'm messing up on that. Okay, reset. Okay, let's retry that. Please make sure to subscribe to the Corporate Crush Podcast on your favorite platform, whether it's the videos on YouTube or the audio streams on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. If you're already subscribed to the podcast, a big thank you. I know I'm kind of being weird, but I was trying to do a Jim Carrey thing like, thank you. But seriously, thank you very much for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of this family. Thank you for being part, you know, of making this dream into a reality, man. We are trying hard, and we are not going to stop until our dreams are met here for the Corporate Progression Podcast. If you are new and are just subscribing, welcome. Seriously, welcome. Glad to have you here, and glad to have you along for the ride. Let's keep this going. If you're here and you're like, I enjoyed the podcast. I don't feel like subscribing right now. Might you reconsider? If not, thank you for stopping by. Anyway, we hope you stop by back in the future and become part of the you know Corporate Progression Podcast family, and we'll have some fun with it. Also, I want to, again, thank Manscaped for supporting this podcast, for sponsoring this podcast, and sponsoring this episode. Remember, you can get their performance package, which has this Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer that has this advanced skin-safe technology right there to prevent and to reduce the amount of nicks down there that you might end up running into. Also, it's waterproof and it's got the light there for the most precision shape. Remember, you can get 20% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code CPP at checkout. Links are for the podcast and the code is there as well. Also, remember, we are sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Festival out in Las Vegas, October 20th and 21st of 2022. Tickets are on sale now, so go and get those. I will see you in Vegas, October 20th and 21st. Pancakes in the pit. Let's mosh together. On that note, thank you down again for being on the podcast. Here's see how that idea plays out. But also, that's going to be it for me, guys. Thank you for watching this to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. This is the big, healthy, and hearty. See you